All right, there we go. Good morning. Welcome back, everybody, to the MSG podcast. Yeah. In the morning. This is like uh, the earliest we've ever done one, isn't it? I never want to do a podcast this early again. I mean, it's it's early, it but was it's your a, idea. Yeah, but <laughs> still, it, we had to make the most of the situation. Right. Um. So yeah. So here we are. But yeah, welcome back to the MSG podcast, where. We don't care about life or anything that comes with it. That's right. Our own sanity. It's just, we're just here. Uh, hey, man, you got your coffee. You're good. Yeah, but it is boiling hot. Like, I can't even come that's close why, to That's this. why I like, like iced coffee. Yeah, okay. For that reason alone. I'm not a huge fan of I'll warm drinks in general. So They can be quite comforting, though. Like not, I mean, I can get, nice. like, hot chocolate. I understand yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's probably about it. But everything else is... Everything else. I like cold, so... So you don't like that hot wassail? <laughs> you never had a wassail before? No, I don't know what that is. Dude, that's like a Christmas beverage. Yeah, that's it's probably like, why I haven't had it. Yeah. We'll, we'll make some wassail for you sometime. Bro, next year you're going to say, like, pumpkin spice or something. Yeah, man, pumpkin spice. Ugh. No, no, that's, uh, that's off the menu. That's... Pumpkin Pumpkins are not as good as people... I like pumpkin pie. That's about it. But coconut, yeah, that's where it's I at. I like coconut. Coconut's coconut, coconut really is good. Dude. You know they have like um, the coconut sprinkles you put on like cakes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm talking. I used to eat those just out of a bag. <laughs> Worst thing in the world, but great memories. <laughs> great memories. <laughs> you know, it's it's all uh, about that experience. It is. <laughs> I think I'm allergic to coconuts. To be honest, this is like, oh, this is great. Oh. I think I'm allergic. It kind of it swells up my throat a little, not severely, but it's like irritating so i'm pretty sure i'm allergic to coconuts i'm not sure but i like the taste so dang but yeah that's cool though <laughs> yeah it is all right uh we should i don't know let's let's talk about something oh you know what i need to bring up i was listening to an old episode and i actually need to bring this up so a while back we were talking about the uh I'm sure you remember we were talking about the unforgivable sin. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I was misinformed on that. Mm-hmm. So I want to retract everything I said. <laughs> okay. And apologize because right. I don't want to intentionally give out false information. Do you want to amend what you're saying or, or just honestly I can offer more information for it? Or just... No, I would have to do a lot more research okay. on it to give a, a better opinion. Gotcha. But I'd rather just... Apologize. Cause That's okay. I think both I'm sure. Of us I, I'm sure I probably gave out some false information without knowing. Yeah, I, I know I have. On so, here. because but. it's easy to do. It's something that people don't think about. But your opinion on things and your mindset on things changes a lot over time. Yeah, and especially if you're ignorant of things, which I know I am, particularly of the Bible. Um, you might read something later and go, oh, oh, I had this like long-held opinion on this one topic that's completely wrong. Or yeah. it might be wrong. So yeah. it throws doubt into everything that you believed before. Yeah. So that's fine and dandy. That's a, that's a very good thing that you can go back and say, hey, yeah, I think I was wrong on this. Yeah. So, so. If there's any opinion we've held in the past uh, that is just... That's why it's very very wrong. That's why I say take people. everything we say or take everything everybody says with like a grain of salt. So do your own research. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's the best you can do. And even you know the, these professors and whatnot that have 
done a lot of research. They can be wrong on things. Um, now, they have the best chance of being right, but even even doing significant research can lead you down rabbit holes due to presuppositions and whatnot that end up being wrong. Yeah. So you got to be very, very, very careful. <laughs> yeah. So. That's what, yeah, most of what we talk about is opinion-based. There's some things that really we do talk about that are factual and yeah. true but yeah so that's just how it is so exactly well, Ugh. it's a good amendment if there's anything stupid I've said but I would have to do <laughs> more research yeah I would have to do more research on that and I don't currently have any or I don't want to currently so somewhere down the road I'll go further into it but okay so yeah we'll have to do a little study thing on it and see <laughs> what we find well, uh that's a, I've my opinion has changed on that topic a little bit too, uh, over time. Because I remember reading that passage and going, "Oh, let me stay away from this sin because it's the unforgivable sin." But it's my my mind's changed a little bit on that. Yeah. So. Man. Man, I will say this. I know y'all. Want, I know Tuesday what was no, it was it was Wednesday night. Remember I told you I finished Daniel. Yeah. Yeah. I I I. I, I don't understand any of it. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. That second half was, or like the last three chapters were probably one of the most confusing things I've ever read in my life. What is going on? But I would compare it to more confusing than most things I've read in Revelations. Yeah. But, but the thing is, is how it reads is it's a very simplistic thing. Yeah. It reads it's very, very simple. Simply, but but it, it's so complex if you actually look at it. I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. So... I feel like I got nothing out of it. That's okay. <laughs> that's like, I'm just going to leave that in the past for a while and go somewhere else. Well, take comfort from the fact that Daniel, once all that was done, was like, I got no clue what's happening. Like, I, he didn't even know what was up. He yeah. was so confused. He just, like, sat there for a while and had to think about it. Yeah, it was, I don't know, it was weird. Thought, yeah. Cause like, like, he got the prophecy, but he didn't necessarily get the, like, okay, what does it mean? Yeah. So... None of us are given exactly what it means. It's just signs, and it does. It tells the story, essentially, of what's going to happen without giving the details. Yeah. Or, or anything, really. It's just yeah, like, it had all sorts of thoughts on, like, stuff. Especially on what on Revelation, but I don't probably shouldn't go into that. But We, we could do, like, there a, was a bunch episode of, on prophecy. There was a bunch of stuff I was just thinking about this week, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> and I have, like, a huge revelation on Revelation. Oh, <laughs> John would be proud. <laughs> I could be completely wrong. <laughs> Actually, no, no way, me. I am wrong. But so it, I was like, you're thinking about but it. Yeah, and that's good. It, uh, yeah, I wasn't intentionally thinking out. That kind of like came up. Well, see, that's kind of what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to read and then think on it, and that's when God reveals things to us. He can reveal it, reveal it to it while we're reading or while we meditate on it. Yeah. So, so now I'm reading a new book since I'm out of Daniel. So, is it the Bible? Yes, it's yeah! the Bible. My man. Uh, yeah. So I'm reading Numbers, and I know I know it has the story about the the donkey, yeah. the horse or whatever that sees the angel, but that's further down the road. Well, no, a that's lot of cool. a lot of stuff going on. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. <laughs> uh. Dude, that thing I was. Uh gonna bring up on the last podcast but we decided to make it non-religious it's like I, I still haven't thought it all the way through so it's kind of a half completed idea but like the idea that christians are like water 
oh, yeah, is yeah. so it, it it's like a rabbit trail. A rabbit I don't know how I keeps I, going deeper and deeper. Like the more I think about it, the more it's like oh. I would say I don't understand at all what you're saying. <laughs> I know it's like on the surface that that statement Christians are like water or just people are like water. What are you, what are you talking about? Okay, look, look at it this clear? way. Right? So, not to each other, they're not clear. So water, there's, there's water all over the world, right? So there's some that's in large lakes, there's some that's in puddles, some that's muddy, there's some that's you know dashed against rocks and streams and things. There's a great variety of what water is, essentially, and where it is. It's all over the place. Yeah. Um, when you look at water in nature, it is virtually never pure, like of its own accord. It, it's never without impurity. Um, so, and, and there's water that looks pure. I mean, shoot, go down to the, the tropics, scoop some water out of the ocean and look at it. It looks crystal clear. But drink it and you can taste their impurities. And so naturally speaking, there's very little that is completely and utterly pure um so in order to purify water it takes purposeful effort from somebody that knows what they're doing because you can't just like pull a cup of water out and then like okay i don't know how to purify this so i'm you know i don't know what i'm doing so it takes concerted effort to get that done Uh, and it can't be done by the water itself the water's it's powerless to purify itself um also, that being said, if you have some pure water by some miracle and you add it to dirty water, you don't have more pure water. You end up with more dirty water. Yeah. So, like, and in all the things I'm saying, like, substitute in, like, Christians or, or people for the water. Um, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you, you start seeing all this stuff. It's like, okay, okay, that's interesting. Um, well, what else? Well, look at, uh, look at the water cycle. Um I used to always think about when we are raptured, uh, whenever that is, that's, that's a whole another deal. Uh, when we are raptured, we are supposed to be made fully pure because through the process of sanctification, we're being made more pure. It's like we're being distilled. All of the impurity is being removed from us. Um, but when we're raptured, we're supposed to be fully pure, which I used to think, how is that going to happen? Like what that it, God can make it happen for sure but it's a weird concept that is taking so long for us to be purified here and yet in an instant we'll be purified but if you look at how the water cycle happens when water evaporates right it's it's essentially taken up into the heavens you know through evaporation it goes really quick and in that process it is purified the the imperfection and the the things that are soluble in the water can't go with it yeah because i mean it's going down to its uh, atomic level essentially you're pulling that out of the impurities and so that's essentially what's going to happen to us when we get get raptured all the impurity and the the stuff that's left with our that's left here in the physical will go away and i know that we'll have another physical body uh, even our physical bodies will be redeemed, but as it stands now, all of that will be left behind as we're pulled from it. And if you look at the clouds, man, that's like, that's billions and billions of little particles of water all together. And it's it's very reminiscent of that P 
picture in uh, Revelation where you've got a multitude of the saints with robes washed white in the blood of the Lamb. It's like, wow. And then eventually, you know, down at the, the very end of the water cycle, that water is deposited back on earth, which is our ultimate goal, our ultimate fate, is we've been made pure, and then God puts us back down on a new earth someday, and that's the rest of our eternity, essentially. It's like, and there's more to it than that because the more I think about it, the more there's little little things that come up that go, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not a perfect metaphor. The water cycle is a continual no, no, process. That's and a good metaphor, though. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I didn't get what you were saying until you explained it, so I kind of get it now. But oh, that's a good metaphor. Yeah, I've, I've told a bunch of people that, and they're like, "What the heck are you talking about? <laughs> you crazy dude?" Like, no, no, I no, like no, it. Look at it. That's not bad. I like that. So, you, yeah, you could you could always use that. Yeah, so. but it's it's like it's not no no human made metaphor is perfect. Well, it's not. It's, it doesn't have to be either. No, it doesn't have to, to be. get the point across, but it's still solid. Shoot, even some of the ones that God proposes, it's like they seem mutually exclusive because the reality of some things are greater than what one metaphor can explain. Sort of like how, uh, shoot, the the bride of Christ, you know, the church is described as like a, yeah, a bride as well as other things. It's like. He has to describe it with multiple things because it's all true, even though it seems like those ideas, those metaphors would clash. But in the greater sense, they they don't clash. It's weird. Yeah. Well, I get it. Biblical reasoning is yeah. strange. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to get into Revelations. <laughs> like, I, I've got all these things to say, but I don't want to like, say. I have new things to say, but it's like... I don't want to get into it just because we always do. Yeah, uh, we do. Um, let's switch it, topics for okay. a minute. <laughs> All right. So, how do you feel about the 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 gun law? I guess we'll bring yeah, that. Up. We'll, we'll bring that up. Is that specifically towards Texas? Do we know? Yeah, this one's. I mean, there's a bunch of other states that are pushing this kind pushing of legislation. For it? Okay. But I mean, Texas is yeah. going. So or beyond. I don't know what it's called, but it's basically where you can do. Is it? It's just concealed carry, right? So no, it can is, be open carry. Is it? It can be open carry. Oh uh, yeah, it's called constitutional carry. Okay, and yeah, and you can do that without even having a license. So mm-hmm. that comes from what we know. We're pretty sure it's in September. Yeah, is when yeah, it's. It's already been passed. We just don't know when it's in effect. But yeah, that's it's in Texas. Uh, I. I I would say, yeah, there will be other states that will probably get it passed or get it. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, that's interesting. I find I'm, that. I'm curious to see what will happen. I think it'll be fine. I, I've talked to a lot of people that are very wary of what's going to happen. I know a lot of law enforcement is is kind of afraid of what may happen. Everybody just whips out guns. I mean, that, that's the situation that they're viewing in their head. Like, yeah. oh, man, everybody's going to be carrying guns. You know, you got a whole bunch of people who are untrained carrying these things. Like, okay, okay, I get yeah. that. And that's a valid fear, I think. However, I think, one, you still have all of the same restrictions on buying guns that you had before. So you have to go through that lengthy process yeah. of background checks, and they want to make sure you're mentally fit. 
So you've still got that safeguard. They're not just passing out guns to anybody and everybody. Um, and generally speaking, those people that are interested in owning guns are also the ones that go out and train themselves. Again, not professionally, but they usually have enough trigger discipline and you know wherewithal to, to know kind of what they're doing with guns. Yeah. Uh, there, there's always going to be those folks that go out there, and yes, they have these legal guns that they purchased, and they'll they'll sling them around their shoulders, they'll strap on their big old belt, and have guns all over the way. You're going to have folks like that, but they're generally not going to be your problems. Yeah, the criminals are going to be the the problems, the ones that still get their guns under the table because they won't pass a background check. Yeah, I mean, I think it will decrease. Not, I think it will have some decrease in. Crimes, yeah. I think so because it's like if you were like to compare it to like say like California, you know, <laughs> there's a big difference. So it's like, yeah, if I'm a criminal and I want to go rob a convenience store and say that I get in there and there's maybe four other customers walking around and I know that any or all of them could also have a gun, yep. I'm gonna be less likely to want to pull out a gun. Mm knowing that other people could shoot back at me compared to going into a convenience store knowing that none of them have a weapon. Right. And that I I, yeah. I make the rules. So. Absolutely. That's or or I would most likely try and shoot the person who I knew had the gun mm-hmm. first. Which is why open carry is kind of a dangerous situation. Yeah, why you want to do concealed carry more often. Yeah. But, no. yeah. So no, it's like, that's, that's really the mindset of these shooters because they fear for their own lives even as they're endangering other people's. Yeah. Um, that's why, gosh, we've been trying to tell people that are trying to get rid of guns for so long. If you make a gun-free zone, that is just a paradise for a shooter. Because yeah. they know they're not going to be challenged. Even if you have an armed security guard, if you have, have a huge complex, I mean, you can just dance all around the security guard and, you know, yeah. be fine. So if you want to protect people like children give all the teachers guns and give them proper training so that when that moment comes if it comes you don't have to worry they can just walk out in the hall and stop the shooting yeah but they, there's something in that that our liberal friends just that does not connect i know they they have a completely different way of thinking about things um not all of their thinking is entirely wrong but this one, it's an illogical association. And I was like, oh, to stop people from shooting people, we need to take away all the guns. That's like, okay, that's a fine premise until you see the reality of that. Because look at Britain. They have so many heavy restrictions on guns. About the only thing you can own legally is a hunting rifle with maybe a single shot or a couple rounds. And the paperwork and the permits and everything you have to go through to own that is outlandish. They have to, you know, double, triple check your background. They got to do yeah. all these things. It's a really expensive. So it's like guns are not a thing in Britain. Yet they have the highest number of murders by knives, <laughs> by beatings. It's like you, you can't stop the people from wanting to hurt or kill each other. And yeah. you're, you're actually driving them towards a more brutal method. I would much rather get shot in the head and die instantly than get stabbed 20 times. Like, that's terrible. Yeah. Um, so you, you got to look at what's going on in other countries because it, it's, not, it's not right to assume all other countries are going to follow suit. Oh, yeah. And we shouldn't be following every other country. Exactly. We need to come up with our own laws. 
Yeah. Really think them through. Just everybody, all everybody should carry a gun. From a newborn, yeah, try to strap it on him. <laughs> <laughs> then, then it's fair game. I'll skit like that once and babies with guns. <laughs> oh. I would be interested to see what a baby would do with a gun. I am too. What's going on? I want to see what happens. I'll get out there. But I think what you're logically going to end up with, since this uh, Texas thing is passed, the concealed or yeah, the yeah, constitutional the, carry is passed. Um, probably what you'll see is a reduction in gun crime. Probably. In general. There's still going to be places that you're not allowed to take your guns. Um, And in those places, I think there will still be shootings, unfortunately. You'll probably see a few um, accidental shootings where people that really aren't as trained as they should be perceive a situation as worse than it is and shoot somebody when they shouldn't that i think is what they're going to put a lot of emphasis on in the news so when those things happen which they will you know yeah you, you look at the um that police officer girl that walked into what she thought was her apartment shot the guy that she saw in there because you know she walked up on it the door yeah. was open and you know she got prosecuted for that um they did that because she was a police officer and they're anti-police. But I think you'll see those kind of situations. Where like, oh yeah, I worked 20 hours today, came home barely coherent, and shot somebody when I shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, I think they'll they'll try and use situations like that to repeal constitutional carry. But that kind of stuff happens anyway, even with licensed people. Yeah. So it's not really much of an argument. You just got to be really good and really aware of what's going on. Yeah. So, are you licensed? No, but I'd like yeah. to be. There you go. I'm not licensed, so. But. It's like, I'll, I will think about carrying, <laughs> but I'm also afraid. One, I can't necessarily carry while I'm on the job. Yeah. I've talked to my Bob, my, my, my boss, <laughs> uh, about that before. And he's like, nah, nah, we don't really condone it. They're, yeah. they're very conservative. They would support it any other time, but while they're on the job, they don't want that liability. Um, yeah. So, like, that's most of my life is at the job. So, it wouldn't really do me much good. Yeah, that's fair. So, I don't know. But getting that training would be very valuable, even if you didn't carry. Yeah. So, maybe one day. Mm-hmm. Dude, we should go uh, to the shooting range sometime. Yeah, it'd be fun. Skeet shooting and all that. Target practice. Mm. Dude, it's so much better out in the country, though. Yeah. I, I've done like, one spot. no out. rules. So you just go shoot. Yeah, we went out to my... Uh, my grandma's like old house a few weeks back we had to like completely refurbish it or like clean everything out <laughs> and behind her house she has like multiple acres and there's a certain like right when you get up there it's just a big field hmm. so we got some cups put it on some like trees and Dead. such and just took turns yeah. with all our guns kind of just trying to hit something so it's pretty cool but yeah it's nice it's where's that man i i don't dislike shooting ranges but man, they can be really fickle about like, okay, we have these specific rules. Yeah, it's, like, it's all for safety's sake. Yeah, I don't really care about the shooting targets. Targets, I like shooting uh, skeets. Yeah, more skeets so. Fun. But I yeah. feel like targets Shot don't really take effort. Yeah, I, maybe that's just yeah. me. I don't like I think targets. That the effort in doing targets is getting real fine groupings. Yeah, but it's like it's like if you can hit the target, then I'm not some sniper elite or something. It's no, like that's not what I'm going for. You want something to explode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, like shotgun cool. skeet shooting is really fun. Yeah. 
Just do that sometime. Yeah. I need. I want to. You could probably make a skeet shooter. Probably could. It'd be easier to buy one though. It'd be expensive to buy one probably. Probably four hundred bucks. Yeah. Shoot, we might have one. Can, you you have a skeet shooter? Yeah. Well, my grandfather used to have one. It's probably in, uh, a, in a closet somewhere. <laughs> Just go up in the attic. Oh, there it is. Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> I found it. Yeah, we, I remember when I was real little, we used to go out to his property and he'd fire him off and we'd shoot him. It's pretty cool. It's mm-hmm. pretty nice, though. So. I think it's good for aim. Yeah, it is. Because so. sometimes, really? Especially like moving targets. I but yeah. I'm turning off my alarm. <laughs> Oh, I've got an 8 o'clock alarm, too. Ooh, nice. Now you know what time it is. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, um, but, yeah, no? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really want to get an over-under shotgun. I, I just really like how those an, perform. An over-under? Mm-hmm. What do you, what so do you, you see double-barrel shotguns where it's like two barrels side-by-side. Side. Yeah. Well, an over-under, you just twist that 90 degrees. Okay. So you got one barrel on top and one below. And they're a little bit more accurate because you got both barrels in line with your line of sight. Yeah. And it's since it's a scatter effect, it's it doesn't really matter on the, mm. the up and the down as much. But yeah. yeah, those are really, really good for skeet shooting. That'd be pretty cool. Dude. Getting like a imagine getting like a sniper rifle and trying to shoot a skeet. Oh, yeah, with the with the bro scope, with like, the scope, like in. the oh yes, if That's you could do that, possible. if you could do that, you could pretty much do anything with the gun. <laughs> I would love to do that though. That would be really. I would cool. spend all day just have just trying just buttloads of ammo just again again. <laughs> let's go, let's go until I, we're not leaving until I get it. <laughs> You wing it just on the side, but it doesn't bust. Just clip. <laughs> oh, that would be that'd be awesome. We gotta do that. Bro. That would be fun. We gotta go out the country, get like some people, and just I don't know. That'd be sick. That would, be but yeah, cool. you could probably make a skeet shooter though. Yeah, they're pretty. I mean, they're not that complicated, but they got some. Just need the lever action, forces. really. Yeah, the spring for it. That's really all you need to it. put the effort in. Yeah, but yeah, I would do it. We'll get on that. That will be our our project. Our project, okay. Make a skeet shooter. <laughs> I'll just put a skeet on uh, one of the little discs on my little switch axe. <laughs> that would actually might work. I don't think so. That you would have to not strong enough. You would have to do more power on the spring, but you could <laughs> you would throw it into the ground and it would bust on its you own. Could, you could just throw it and not let go, and maybe give it enough power. Granted, yeah. you would. He would eventually get tired of doing that, but yeah, yeah, throw it like a disc. Oh, we could do a a, like a, a slingshot. Maybe a, a little larger slingshot that would fit the. If you could get it to disc. rotate the disc while you're shooting it, then yeah. that would work. Yeah, I don't know how I'd do that to be honest. You could, uh, other than manually throwing it just with my hand. You could use the um. There's a. So have you ever seen me? shoot a rubber band but with the engineered rubber band shooting principle i don't think i have dude it's like it's otherworldly because you know when you're shooting a rubber band it's it's not you get your friend but there's a way in which i learned this from my dad who learned it from an actual engineer who figured it out when he was bored but you could put a rotational force on that rubber band so that when you release it it just like straight laser beams into whatever you're aiming at and it goes fast because it's sped up by the rotation. That's, 
And so I just... <laughs> it's so weird. Everybody dangerous. else is shooting the rubber bands, just dinky little... And man, you're just like whacking people, that taking sounds, out people's eyes. It's just, pretty dangerous. Yeah, it's cool though. It sounds like it would hurt though. I hate getting hit yeah, by a rubber band. Yeah, it's better than being tased though. Bro, oh, that's what we should have done. We'll do that next week. What tase each other? You want to? We should tase each other on the podcast. Oh, thank you. I've done that before. <laughs> uh, of course, it would wake us up this morning. I'm uh, awake. I'm awake, but I'm I, getting there. I'm about halfway through my I, coffee. I don't, I don't need. Coming. I don't need all that coffee to to get awake. I do. So I'm just, I can't survive without that. Uh, yeah, we don't ever do an episode this early. Yeah. So. Never again. It's <laughs> like I'm just catatonic. <laughs> Luckily, only one of my roommates is here. The other one's been gone for a while. Oh, so. really? Yeah. We need to go wake him up. Drag him out here. Yeah, I think, he, I think he's awake. He I'm pretty sure he's already awake. Yeah. We're kind of loud. Uh, what is this? All right. Ugh. Now what? Ah, uh, good question. Great question revelations <laughs> or revelation there we go not with the s it's time i gotta i gotta i i after listening to that first i list i only listened to that first body brought yeah vody bacham episode and at the beginning he talked about revelation not revelations <laughs> yeah it's like oh. so it's like i try and keep that in mind so i had never thought about that but uh, it's sure, for sure enough i like how he said call it the revelation I yeah. like, actually kind of sounds kind of cool so. yeah but it's also interesting because it's technically it's Christ's revelation that he gives to John, but a lot of people call it John's revelation because, in essence, it was revealed to John. Yeah. But it was revealed to Christ first. Yeah. So I love that picture of Christ though in the beginning. It's like he's on a cool factor ten. He's got like hair that's really really white, like as white as you can get it, and his eyes are on fire, and. Oh, it's like it's a really cool picture. I, I kind of even like picture it in my head when I listen to it. It's kind of hard, but mm-hmm. no, it's like it's it's just like oh. you got you got Christ as he walked over there, and then you got Revelation Christ, who's he's in like his final form. His <laughs> final form. Well, look at the description as he's riding in. At yeah. the end times, like on the white horse, and he's got like the name written on his thigh, and he's wearing the robes that are white, but it's also been dipped in blood, and a double-edged sword is coming out of his mouth, and he's got the flaming eyes and the the woolen, the white woolen hair. It's like, oh, see, then we could talk about. Do you think that as completely literal? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, I don't know, but because the way it sounds like, it sounds like he speaks. His yeah. his voice is like a sword. And I would and I take it more is. like maybe like a piercing sword to those who are sinners or whatever. Not yeah. not like a like, sword I, coming I out of his mouth. It's probably not yeah, truly yeah. literal. Although the eyes on fire though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, because that description is completely symbolic. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, you know, the eyes on fire. That that's representative of him being able to see everything like there's not anything he can't see uh the tongue like a double-edged sword that is his word yeah which cuts to the quick um you know you can go through each of those things the the parts of his garb his feet like burnished bronze um it's also interesting and if you read or if you listen to more of his sermons he 
uh, Bodhibhakan goes into the fact that you have that description of Christ at the beginning of Revelation as he is revealed to John uh, on the island of Patmos. And then as Christ is giving him the, the words to give to each of the churches, so the letters he's supposed to write to the spirits yeah. of the seven churches, he uses a couple of the descriptors of himself in addressing the church. So it's like from Christ, the one who has the legs of burnished bronze and the eyes of fire. Yeah. And I had never thought about that. I thought, oh, it's just a call back to how he's represented in himself to John but it's very specific that he uses those descriptors for each church because they're they're representative of that church like they're they're kind of he's bashing the churches with the descriptions of himself essentially um, and I'm, I'm having trouble recalling specific examples the one that's coming to me is the legs of burnished bronze he, he uses that descriptor to talk to a church that is in the middle of a a, um, a metal foundry type area and yeah. so it's like it, it's interesting it, you, you yeah. have to look through it and again I need to go back and listen to those sermons again because he yeah. calls them out he, he tells you what the symbology of it is and then he gives why it's specific to that church and it's usually like another heavy hitting blow to that church like hey look at who I am yeah um, it's, it's a very fascinating it was weird because when I was listening to him talk about chapter one, he was jumping to like chapter nineteen. Yeah, I, he jumped. Around. I was like, did I did I skip the episode? Did the episodes get skipped or something? Am I somewhere else? I didn't know. Yeah, he, if he's I had constantly messed up. making like callbacks or call forwards to different. Because I know he talks about yeah the the, new, the old testament and the references and such. Because I it said like Isaiah and Daniel and yeah. a few other verses that mention or revelations points back to references back to certain points in there mm-hmm. i don't know if it was isaiah i don't remember but but yeah yeah isaiah is one of them uh any of the prophetic books and that was something that i found really interesting him saying like all the books that we don't like to study those are the books that have the most references is he revelation. talking about the new t- or the old testament the old testament bro, people why, don't study the old testament bro, why the old testament is solid dude. oh yeah it's oh it's my fun. gosh i love the old it's testament it's really good but if you like let's let's say you're a pastor and you want to have a succinct sermon for Sunday that offers some little bit of wisdom or some some teaching that the people can use in their day-to-day life, essentially. You know, okay, there's this nugget of wisdom. You're not necessarily going to go to the genealogies. I was like, that, that, that doesn't offer very much hope. It does in context, but you've got to go through that and you've got to pull out all the historical, you know. Yeah. That, that's not easy, one, and it's... It's not very efficient. So you're going to probably go to the character studies in the Old Testament. If you're going to go to the Old Testament at all, you're going to go Jonah or Joseph or Noah or David or one yeah. of the greats in the Old Testament. But to go to the the prophets, the ones that were foretelling about all of the events in the New Testament, it's like you, you'd have to be doing a series on that, and most churches won't touch it. Like doing a, like a four or five week series on something, it's yeah. solid. I think more churches need to do it, uh, but few will because they're they're kind of and they're doing it out of a good heart. They're wanting to offer something meaningful to their flock, and so in so doing, they're they're kind of skipping over things that they don't feel are as impactful. Yeah, um, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but 
it's just a, a yeah. way of doing things. Teach your own, I guess. Because yeah. Yeah. So. I've, I've seen some churches will yearly, they will go through the entire Bible uh, or two years. You know, they'll start at Genesis, they'll work their way all the way through the Bible hmm. and just do the whole thing. That's hard. That's really hard. Yeah, I, I know that the whole Bible points to Christ, whether it's pointing forward to him or pointing back to him. Um, but in order to pull that thread of narrative out over the entire Bible and make it clear enough, because there's sometimes in which it's very obscured, it's there, but you have to really know what you're talking about in order to pull that out. Yeah. It's like, this, I understand why churches don't do it. That's weird, but, man. Because I, dude, when I started reading numbers, I was like, shoot, maybe I shouldn't be reading this. Because <laughs> it's like, it's talking about, like, all Moses, and it's like, I haven't read... Oh, yeah, Exodus, Exodus and the whole Exodus is good. The plagues man. and him getting the uh, Israelites out of Egypt and all that. I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm gonna keep going because I mentioned Aaron and I, I was like, I don't fully understand who Aaron is. <laughs> I probably should read the other stuff, but I was like, I'm just gonna keep going. Yeah, you might as well. And so, then you can go back and be like, because now it's like after after they got out of Egypt. Yeah, didn't think of it. Think of it so. like uh, Star Wars, you know? You're, you're getting the end of the story, oh, yeah, and then you yeah. go back to the beginning and see yeah, the, the origins. The sequel, or the prequel. No, I don't know. Yeah, sequel, the sequels. Yeah, you're, read, you're doing reading the, the sequels right now. Yeah, and, uh, and before I do the, the prequels. Yep, there we go. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating, man. But, I don't read enough of the Old Testament myself. It's I've skimmed through it in the past. No, I'm trying to go back and forth, because I read James, and then I read Daniel. But now I'm in numbers because, I don't know. It was weird. Hmm. It's like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Because it's like, the reason I read James is because I, it kept on getting thrown in my face. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what is James? What's going on I was on like, shoot, I'll just read James. And then, I, you know, I thought the audience said Daniel, so I read Daniel. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of throwing you for and like then, a weird the loop. Whole, the chapter's numbers kind of showed up to me the other day. I was like, oh, whatever. I was, yeah. And yeah, that's cool. I'll go that's... with it. So. By the end of it, you're going to have read the entire Bible, and it'll be that's, out of. That's kind of going jumping okay. back and forth because I, you know, we're doing John, mm-hmm. and then I'm doing um, Genesis with Noah. That's a little right. slower, but yeah. So it's like, yeah, nuggets. Yeah, I, I think a lot of Bible studies should be those slow, methodical, like where you work through it and you try and pull everything you can out of the passage as you go. There's obviously different approaches to things. Um, there can be great benefit in just reading through a passage, too, where you don't stop at every line and think about it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that kind of study is best coupled with that later meditation on it. That's why, you know, whether you read something at night or read it in the morning or whatnot, um, you should endeavor throughout the time period afterwards to just sit there and think about it while you're doing something at work or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I think very few people actually try to do that, especially in our modern culture where we're all we're trying to do stuff all the time. I, I notice this in myself. I might read something in scripture and I endeavor to meditate on it, and then before long, you know, I'm working and so I'll put on some music and I just stop thinking about it. I'm just thinking about work yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. So, but yeah, actually, and there's a lot of things that can be pulled out of it that way, where you think about it, like, why, why did God put this in scripture like everything that's in there is highly specific it's for a purpose um, and just like revelation everybody thinks revelation is you know for a very specific 
period of time in the future. It says seven days of, or seven years of tribulation, and it'll be for that generation. Yeah, the end times, yeah. Right. Um, and how Bauckham's idea is that, no, we are in the tribulation right now, and it's useful for everybody at all times until wanna, the end of I the world. I want to talk about this. Because okay. like, what you're saying, yeah, a lot of people do see, and I used to see Revelation as like, that's the end times, and a lot of stuff you're not going to understand, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and in the end, Christ coming, and, <clears throat> you know, everything being perfect at the end. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I look at it now, and although it, it mentions a lot of stuff like what will happen in the end, whether you recognize it, I'm not saying it doesn't, but I think Revelation is more so of, it's. I think it speaks of both the beginning and the end of sin. Mm-hmm. I feel like the rest of the Bible is the middle. Yeah. Because it, it's weird. And, and, this, and I looked at this after it was mentioned. I was like, that, it's interesting. But it's like, apparent. I don't know if this is true. Maybe you know. But it's like, people consider when the, when the word stars are mentioned in the Bible, people are, it's a reference to angels. Maybe mm-hmm. it is. I don't know. I don't even know how many times the word stars are mentioned in the Bible. Right, right. To be honest, I would have to Google that. But not in, in, like, in the later, I don't know what chapter it is. I think it's like 19. Um, it talks about the dragon, which is it's very specifically a reference to Lucifer. Right. Somebody wants to go into that. I will debate you all day on that. There's a lot that just jumps back to that specific verse, but and it talks about how it whips its tail and wiped out one third of the stars in the sky. And if stars were a reference to angels, that would that would indicate because people think one third all the angels became fallen angels. Yeah, and I didn't know that before, but and it's like, but I think what it does is I think in if you get to I don't know what chapter it is, but it talks about. A dragon that's trying to chase this woman who's mm-hmm. about to have a kid, and the dragon wants to take the kid. I think that's more so a reference to Mary. I think that's, like, middle. Yeah. But uh, it, I think, and a guy presented this, and I thought it was interesting. He said that he thinks the, or Lucifer fell on his own, and then the fallen angels came with him at a later date. Which could I, be. This kind of gets into other stuff that I've talked about with, like, my brothers or whatever, and, like, Nephilims and, mm-hmm. and other stuff. But it's, like, when it says he wipes out one-third of the stars, I think that is a reference to one-third of the angels. Yeah. It yeah. sounds a lot like it. That appear that and I think if, it, if that was true, then it would also mean that it feels like at some point, whether it was sometime in the garden or way before whenever, that Lucifer fell on his own, singular. Nobody came with him until later dates. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, but it speaks about so it talks. I think it's a reference to kind of the beginning of you know whole fall of Lucifer and fall of all that, but it also speaks of the end of all that as well. So I think it's a beginning and an end, and I think all that filler for sin because there's a lot of stuff in, in the rest of the Bible, but obviously sin is one thing that's mentioned. Right. I think that's a. I think the rest of all the other books are kind of the filler for that endpoint. But it also has a lot of other stuff. But yeah, yeah. it's like it's it's a continual narrative leading up to that point. No, it's, I don't know because it's like that's I, an interesting. Point I was at work and I was though. like, because I was sitting there, I was thinking, I was thinking like you know, Revelation is more so. I mean, it's a message to churches and all like the lukewarm and all that, and that also speaks on the end times and the final stop. And then I was like, what if the what if Revelation is just the beginning and end of sin? Like the yeah. final, 
destruction of sin. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> going on here. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that, no. I, I don't know. I was, that's, that's I was freaking out about it when I was thinking about it. I was like, I've never thought about well, that before. Yeah. It, which I don't know. I could be completely wrong yeah, on that. I, I think you're onto something there. Kind of, that's essentially what's being taught about, you know, because in the end, through that narrative, Satan is chained up. He's thrown into the lake of fire, and then everything is redeemed. Um, so yes, there is the end of sin there, but I hadn't necessarily thought about that. That it, in and of itself, is also telling of the beginning of that process. And you know, you brought up the wiping out a third of the stars. I yeah. know also in Revelation, and I think in that same passage, it talks about a third of the sun, like the third of the sun's light being yeah. darkened. I wonder if that's a reference to when Christ was killed. It might be. Because, you know, you've got the, the Godhead, which is three in one. So if you take off a third of that, Christ, yeah. that would be darkening. A th- it's like, and it, like one it's third darkening of the, the sun and the moon. Well, the moon just reflects the sun's light. Yeah. So if you take off a third of it, that would accomplish that. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting. Like, yeah. there's, there's a lot there. There's a lot. That, but see, that's why, you know, I, I grew up in a dispensational church, which is you interpret the revelation literally until it tells you that it's symbolic but you don't get any of this deeper revelation it doesn't explain like there really is a way to prove my theory on the whole wiping out of the one-third of the stars that could be something different it it could be but but like it seems right it's like i don't know that that but it's like yeah you you take it i mean i'm like how you read revelation along with how you read everything else it's I may take something literal. You may not take it metaphorical or whatever. It's each church, each person's interpretation. But I mean, there's a lot of things that aren't told. You're not. You don't get a lot of information on a lot of stuff. Right. Like I was talking about this with like Nephilim. I'm pretty sure the word Nephilim is only men- mentioned twice in the Bible. Right. And Ever. At least and I said Moses in Revelation. And I was talking about it. And I was like, just. Doesn't make sense. I mean, it makes sense because everything that's mentioned in the Bible is mentioned for a reason. Then why are the Nephilims mentioned? No. And my brother brought out that maybe it was just because the first time it's mentioned is in Genesis and it talked about uh, at this time the Nephilims were on the earth and it talks about how before the flood and after the flood they were there, which which gets into like I think Nephilims are still around. Hmm. Well, that's Bigfoot. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're ruining really this. No, 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 but, no yeah. but yeah, and um. And I was shoot. I lost my train of thought now. Um, shoot, I don't, I, was, I don't even know where I was going anymore. Uh, 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 Nephilim were mentioned for a reason. My brother brought up that maybe because they were mentioned during the time of the whole world was being wicked. This is right before the flood. You know, the whole world was wicked. You know, so God washed the earth of all that. And it's like maybe. And my brother was talking about like maybe that's a reference. To just some of the wickedness, because it's just mentioned in, in like Noah or in, in like those chapters of Genesis. It's, there's no specific sense that's wick or mentioned. It's just called wickedness. No. So you assume it's pretty much everything. No. So, uh, assumptions, and it's like maybe it's mentioned just as an extra layer as to how much wickedness was going on. Because right. it's assumed that it's fallen angels that mated with with human women. And that would be a sin or whatever. Right. It's like maybe, and I was like, that's beating a dead horse. And it's like yes, things are repeatedly mentioned like before i think the chapter before that or 
it was after it, it mentions of all the animals that are going to get on the ark and it said it has to be one male and female of all animals of the air one male and it mentioned it's like seven or eight times it says male and female yeah which i also think has something mm-hmm. has something else yeah. but yeah, it's yeah. like i don't know it's it, it's it's like how we talked about last time where it's like you say the same thing over and over and over and over and it's a break a pattern so I think it's not apply. I don't think it applies to the same thing, but I don't know. Yeah, that's an interesting observance too, because a lot of a lot of people view sort of the the sins that happened in early Genesis as like, oh well, you know, they didn't really know what they were doing. They didn't know what they were doing is wrong. But I would beg to differ. I'm, I'm Noah knew what he was doing, or like yeah. Noah was a, considered to be the most righteous. At the mm-hmm. time, or at whatever. The, yeah, it was. It no was one the only knew, one so it's not like people didn't know. They either knew and chose not to care. Well, they knew and chose not to care pretty much. Well, see, obviously, no one knew what alcohol was. He knew how to make it. I'm sure he knew what drunkenness was. Yeah. Whether he was drunk before or not, we're not given to know. But it's like, okay, we know drunkenness was something that happened before yeah. uh, the flood, and I think that's an interesting observation talking about male and female. That was something they would have known, you know, to to not go against because one, God created. I think it was all that. I think it was same same sex. I think all wickedness. I think it was like same sex. I think probably worshiping of all sorts of idols. Yeah, it was probably everything. All sorts of drugs or whatever you were doing. Killing. It it wasn't forgivable because everything that they were doing wrong was more or less observable as wrong. So it's like okay, you can look to the animals and see there's. You know, male and female. So you're not yeah. to go against that. That was God's given order. But the wickedness was going against that. And, like, having your faculties with you is good. But getting drunk and intoxicated and not having your faculties is bad and against yeah. God. So it's like people that would argue that, well, they didn't know what they were doing wrong. I, I think they don't understand what was going on. They, they knew that it was against the natural order. They just hadn't been given that written law, like the Ten Commandments yet. Yeah. It's like... I don't know. It's weird because it's like, y'all you know, were talking about the whole drunkenness and how he cursed his son or how Noah cursed his son. I, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. You're not given detail from what I read as like, why would he curse his son? Because I was thinking about that and I was like, it doesn't make See, any it's sense. also an interesting deal. And I, I didn't get much out of that myself until recently where I, I actually looked at, okay, what's going on with this situation, right? So Noah goes, plants a vineyard. And gets drunk. Gets drunk. So it's, a very, it's kind of a very purposeful no, series. I, I of get events. what's going on, and I get why it, why you would look at it and say that's wrong. Yes, it, but they were looking for Noah because they didn't know where Noah was. Right. So, yeah, but see, so, his, so he, were they intentionally supposed to bring clothing with them to expect him to be drunk and naked? Well, probably not. So the son most likely stumbled upon his father and was like, "Oh shoot, right? It's not the kid's fault. Like, why would you curse your? I don't know. I thought that was weird." But it's it's sort of that intention. I mean, they he could have he he saw his father's shame, and but just instead ran of away. covering it himself, yeah, he went and he told his brothers about yeah. it. I see how it could be. Not that necessarily way. to go, hey, can y'all go guys get you know cover him? It, it could have been the situation where he was, you know, laughing at his own father's shame. Essentially, yeah. he wasn't he wasn't doing it to cover his father's shame. He was going to tell his brothers about it. And they went and did something about mm. it, but he didn't. He could yeah. he, he could have done that on his own. So I think that's kind of the point you have to get okay. at there. Um, 
but yeah, it, it seems bizarre if you're just reading it with a, a modern understanding. It's like, okay, he went and saw his father lying naked, and then he went and told his brothers, and all of a sudden he's being cursed by his father about it. Yeah, like, it's, it seems overly harsh. It's weird. Oh, but there's there's some interesting stuff, man. Yeah. Oh, dude, how cool would it have been though to be like early, early in creation? It's like you just got this whole earth that's empty. And God's like, yeah, go uh, go settle that place over there. He's like, okay. I really <laughs> got all, all these lands and things. And I'd probably be worse off than I am now. 700 years to go build your empire. <laughs> That's what you want. You want to live forever. No, That's I don't. <laughs> I don't. The more I live now, the more I realize uh, I, I think death will be a welcome and yeah, we could We could get in like time and such, but I don't want to. Probably not the best. No. But, no. It's. I, Freaking sometimes awesome. I wonder, like, what would people be like if they could live still to eight, nine hundred years? Elon Musk, nine hundred and fifty years old when he dies. Like, <laughs> how would that change diplomacy and, and our interactions with other people? Because if you kill somebody now, it's a travesty. You know, it's like, oh wow. But you could only. M- live maybe up to 120 years old if you stretch your body as thin as it'll go and you yeah that's like the, every that's medical. from what i know that's the max yeah you people have lived past that but biblically speaking that's the the cap which that was the cap and that was mentioned i think like right after noah's flood or whatever yeah or during and the, the days said, of their life will be 120, 120 years. years and i was like that yeah. must be the cap now because before then you had you, know, you could live yeah 900 didn't somebody live to be a thousand very nearly. Methuselah lived to 950-something. Because okay. I know, years. I mean, Adam lived to 930. Yeah. Which is... Yeah, Methuselah was the oldest person to ever live, and okay. he didn't make 1,000. Okay. Because um, I thought somebody made it to 1,000, I was like, uh, I don't know. So, yeah. But, yeah. So it's... Yeah, I, I think it would probably change a lot of what people do, because, like, okay, now, all of a sudden, if you kill somebody, and you have the potential to live... 800 years and you kill somebody when they're 30 like that's really bad yeah um so you'd probably end up with a more stable society in terms of killing but they would probably end up doing some other things i mean people really would still kill bad. if no. you if i could live the 700 and i kill somebody a life sentence is only 25 years yeah but a life that's, sentence that's, for somebody that lives 800 years like you'd have to do something really 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 yeah really bad. they probably would have to yeah that'd be interesting but we'll never know yeah <laughs> well not on this earth, probably. Yeah, probably not. But, yeah, we should probably call it quits. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Sick. Solid. We got to start getting more topics. Yeah, yeah we'll probably do. We're our one base, or our one narrative podcast now. That's okay. We choose to do one thing. That's all right. <laughs> there, there's a lots of podcasts that do that. Yeah. But I like having freedoms. If, if ever we stumble across something we just have to talk about, then we'll talk about it. I was going to mention something about Kamala Harris, but it's like, eh. I'll make fun of her some other time. That's right. We'll save so, it for the next one. Yeah, we'll save it for, if I remember. <laughs> if I remember the <laughs> next one. But, the nah. Kamala Harris special. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we should probably mention this before we end. So, obviously, me and David aren't doing the medias right, of the socials media. anymore. Um... We don't have a huge audience, but I think we want to still give people the ability to communicate in a way, like whether it's comments or 
what suggestions or mm-hmm. questions or whatever it may be recommendation topics or mm-hmm. i don't know whatever and or just hate speech yeah there you yeah. go <laughs> Call come us something. Us a little yeah, bit. come call us some names. That's what we like. We don't get enough of it. <laughs> we don't get much interaction. We don't, we don't get any. <laughs> Not on this. Um, but since me and him both aren't really interested in pursuing those medias, um, we agreed that uh, we were going to do an email. So if people wanted to email our podcast email, then that that would be the way to do it. Yep. I'm bad at speaking now. That's okay. We're both tired. And <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so we have a, a podcast email where you could send comments or questions or, I mean, anything, I guess. I guess just Preferably yeah. not images. Yeah. yeah. So, so, right, so that would be the one thing I would say. <laughs> just watch everyone's going to be sending us stuff. Bro. <laughs> like, but, yeah, so we wanted to make that uh, available. Um, the email is msgpodcast2019 at yahoo.com um it will be in the description so i think yeah i think uh even for people who are don't live in the, in america i guess in the same country as us email seem to be the most easiest way of like internet contact yeah. is what you would call that instead of like going to a twitter a twitter or an instagram or a facebook or something so but yeah so that's, that's gonna cool. have that so i don't know y'all can ask questions if you have questions give comments or maybe topic recommendations something just send us something anything we're lonely over here yeah, we need, we're crying we need interaction and david's out of coffee i am send me some coffee send david some coffee for the email mm. but yeah so that's up there so um the email will be in the description so if you want to do that check it out and cool Guess we'll catch everybody that's, on that's the next about one. it. David, you got any last words for us? Bwing! Bwing. Classic big wing. <laughs> and we will never do an episode like this again. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, way too early. We're really desperate. That's so, yeah. All right. Um, catch y'all later. See ya.